Welcome everyone. Today is day number 14 of the 21 days. We're discussing the belief in lack creates suffering. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Laurie. Good morning. Is Laurie going to confirm the sound today or is she off? Today's a very, very calm day. I've had to calm everything down. I've noticed that, um, I just wanted to say this before I begin, but I've noticed since Marie's not being here in these past two weeks, there's been this anticipation of wanting time to go by faster. But at the same time, I've wanted to, you know, do so many things in the meantime. So there's been this experience of conflict between wasting time time is running out i want time to go faster so i've really been um experiencing different feelings and seeing different perspectives of how the perspective of i'm wasting time i want time to go faster meaning i don't want to be in the now i want these two weeks to go faster and faster. And every perspective, and as I can see it, it's always this feeling of tolerating some sort of pressure, some sort of um, constraint, resistance. And it occurred to me, I said, well, what's this whole thing about time? And I sat with it and there's infinite times. And this actually goes right right down the rabbit hole which is not something i really want to do during this 21 days i'm discussing the belief in lack but what did occur to me is that while at the end of yesterday's talk it occurred to me that you know the both sides of the coin as i was explaining is that when you actually believe to be the one side you're completely unaware that there is another side, there is another, the, the opposite of that duality, the different perspective. And so I sort of, you know, fell back into the shoes and said, let's just see that. I mean, everyone is believing that we are a side of a coin. We are the side. We are, we think we know that there's duality, but we actually believe to be this one side. So we are completely oblivious to any other um, perspective because we believe to be the perspective so it, I can understand that it is very very difficult for someone to suddenly you know we've been living our lives thinking we are a somebody with these characteristics we are we were not aware of the fact that whatever I'm seeing whatever I'm defining and how I'm jumping into action this is me this is the me that I've always believed to be and that is the feeling that always comes up there's this consistent feeling that drags you i've got to improve i've got to make things better i've got to see things better i've got to see things better because if you are standing on the one side of the coin heads or tails and tails always sort of represents lack and heads always represents abundance in a sort of way but if you don't identify yourself with one side nor the other and you become the seer of the two sides it definitely makes a difference in the feeling 
And all of a sudden, this beautiful feeling of compassion, you're compassionate when you're experiencing lack. And you're compassionate when you're feeling, you're feeling this great appreciation when you're feeling abundance. And um, hello, my fans are here. So I understand and I completely, it's not that I've completely forgotten of how I used to view the nature of reality before, but what, I, what is a big significance that in the past um, six or seven years that this whole transition and transcendence of this identity that I thought myself to be, I'm not good enough, I'm not this enough, the intense pain that I used to feel, because I remember those were constant discussions and conversations, um, is a memory. But am I feeling the pain? No. And that's what occurred to me, that looking back in the past, through the eyes that I'm holding now, the past has changed. The perspective that I am now holding of how I now see and aware of that there's definitions happening and there's an image that that is not me. And by practicing awareness, my past, and even the past, past, I mean, like, when I was a little girl and, you know, the troubles and things of my past, I look back and the perspective is completely different. So now I get it when people say, when you control the present, and I don't want to mean control in the sense like when you know the perspective you're holding the present, you do control the past and the future. Did that sound a bit far off? How can I put this? If every experience is measured by the way you felt, is one thing. But if you're going to measure your experiences by the meaning certain situations, events, and circumstances happened, well, that's a completely different thing. You're either attached to the story, and because society has given the story such significance, oh, that was dramatic, oh, that was over the top, oh, yeah, we've all gone through that. That's So it's like these measurements of experiences if something was brutally brutally or oh, off the limits that doesn't happen very often i don't hear about that or these the sort of experiences happened and so we've sort of pigeonholed because that's what the mind does categorizes different degrees of severity of our experiences so where am I going with this? The fact is that the severity of the experience is measured by the way you feel and the meaning you've given to that experience. Now, my past, without getting into any details, um, for many, many years was described as a very, very dramatic childhood. And hence the story and the definition with that perspective that I held, victim, I am victim, was very dramatically delivered towards the outside world when describing why I am the way I am, why I behave uh, the way I behave, and the why I am so sour and abrupt with people because this is what happened to me, right? So I wasn't the nicest of people at all. 
and I say it with a grin. But um, those that did work with me back in the twenty when I was in my twenties, you know, they they understand afterwards after telling them the story of how sour and bitter, 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 bitter I was. So that gave a meaning, and it was like my justification. This event in my past took place, and hence I have now the liberty of being the sour. And you can't blame me. You can't blame me. All right. So now I look back at my past, and it's just like, well, you know, if I knew what I knew now, if I knew, if I saw the perspective that I am now holding, you know, I understand that now. There's compassion. There's appreciation for that event. But don't believe me. Notice that as you're journeying through the noticing and becoming aware that a perspective creates an experience, a perspective there's an indication of how you feel about the perspective. And you start playing. Be very, very playful about this. I know that you know certain people are in extreme circumstances and events and it's really hard to be playful, but if at the moment you're just experiencing emotions such as you know doubt or pessimism or to a certain degree that you can feel the sense of, let me just play with my perspectives, because that's what I began doing. And um, if I hold this perspective, which means if I hold this perspective, how would I feel? If I hold that perspective, how would I feel? If I didn't believe this, how would I feel? It's sort of, you know, being the explorer again, you know, just trying on a perspective and see how it feels. How does it look? You know, and the ease and flow in order to do that is that, the identification with the character. Like when I was playing out the victim, I believed I was the victim. I had proof. I had proof I was the victim, right? Um, because of circumstances and events that took place. And that's how we sort of stumble into the belief that if circumstances and events take place and then this happened to me, and now I'm feeling like the victim, it is then logical to believe, fall into the belief, and really embrace the belief. Well, if circumstances and events made me into the person I am today, therefore, I must change circumstances and events in order to feel differently. That is the logic of the mind. The mind will describe it. You're not feeling very abundant right now. Go and get a, a truck full of money. Bring it here. We will guard it. And you will be abundant. You're not feeling important now because of what happened back then. Right. We need to avoid people like that. Let's avoid people like that. So now there's a perspective. Avoid people like that. Avoid people like that. Avoid people like that. So now we have that perspective, which to avoid. So all of a sudden, when we see people that are relatively familiar to the people that gave you that sensation of a victim or not enoughness, now you've sort of, there's a word, you know, you're sort of, there's this discrimination. I don't like hanging out with people with, red hair because the red 
that happened to me. And so we, we associate, so when you come to an agreement, you've come, you've declared that that was a really, really bad event in the past. And hence, you start to make conclusions of what to avoid and what to strive for because those are the conclusions you come to because we've brought into the belief that circumstances and events and people in the past made me feel this. Hence, it is easy for me to believe that now I need to change circumstances and events. I need to avoid certain situations, people and events in order to feel the opposite. But we don't. But we don't. And this is so simply said. But I understand. How, do, how does anyone point and indicate to you where to look, how to look, from where to look, when we're constantly believing that we are the one side of the coin. And when you turn around, you're like, what do you mean there's another side of the story? What do you mean there's a different perspective? What do you mean this is not me? I completely get that. But the moment you start practicing and seeing that everything is being defined and you can actually hear a thought and you can notice that you're hearing a thought. There is this enthusiasm of exploring. There is this initiative of this explorer. And some people use the word contemplating. Some people use the words, oh, there's so many words, contemplating, noticing, aware, um, looking, being present, stay still, stay silent. Notice. And when I stumbled across it for the first time, it was like the evidence of it. I'm like, could it be this simple? It felt, the feeling felt so peaceful. And that I heard a thought and I got a bit shocked by it. And I'm saying, I've just said, I'm wasting time. That's what happened. This morning, I was out doing some chores again, and and I'm feeling this hesitation. I'm really like sort of, you know, speeding. I'm walking really, really fast. And I'm just wondering, like, why am I doing this? Like, it's just feeling uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable. And because I, you know, really enjoy practicing, the way I feel is the priority. It is the prime thing that I always notice. And that's another difference from the past is that I always used to notice what's wrong out here that I can adjust instead of noticing how I'm feeling. And now it goes directly there. <clears throat> how am I feeling? And I'm feeling this anxiety. Yes, that was the word, anxiety. It was, and I noticed my breathing. And then and I just kept noticing. And all of a sudden, I hear this mind saying, you're wasting time. And then when you hear, you're wasting time, it refers to you. So now I'm the one that's wasting time. And then you find yourself in an argument. And if you just notice, 
there's these different perspectives that shoot off. So there's a perspective about time, and then there's a perspective about worthiness, and then there's a perspective about who's doing what. And now I understand that many teachers talk about the different parts of you. So how many are there of us? Do you see what I mean? So there's this assumption that there's one character, this is us, because there's one body that we're identifying with. But hold and behold, there are perspectives about who you are now, who you were in the past, and who you could possibly become in the future. And embracing all these topics about time, about the nature of reality, about worthiness, about importance, about money, about who did what, and then we're going on into politics and then religion. Oh, don't get me started. So there's all these different things that even when you're playing the part of the mother, of the daughter, of the spouse, of the brother-in-law, sister-in-law, the trader, the doctor, like these are all have you noticed that you even behave differently depending on which part you're actually playing out? I've noticed because I speak Italian, I speak Spanish, and I speak English. When I speak English, there's a certain tone of voice, there's a certain timing. There's a, but if you hear me speak Italian, I don't even have the same voice. My expressions are different. My tone of voice is very much louder. Spanish is different as well. And that just became evident that you're always playing out the perspective. And it doesn't really matter whatever perspective you're playing out. The bottom line about wanting to feel at peace in appreciation and compassion, those are the feelings that allow every experience to be seen with the eyes of source that's always calling you home, is that whatever perspective you're playing out, that you can become aware that you are not one or the other, but they both exist and you can have those experiences. That is the bottom line that we're not here to sort of sort out which ones are the good ones, which ones are the bad ones. From the eyes of source, unconditional love loves all of them. And you say, even those nasty ones? Like, it's all an experience. Hello, Petal. Petal's coming home tomorrow. Oh, there's questions. Just a minute. It's very hard to think of you. Not the nicest. Wow, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you so much. No, that wasn't a question. That was a lovely compliment. I wasn't very nice. No, I was very, very angry. I grew up um, as a very, very angry victim kind of person. Authority was everything I desired because the sense of being so insignificant was torture. And it always, always, always was my prime, prime, prime desire is how do I switch off emotions? Because those emotions were, 
I just couldn't, because that's another thing that I used to struggle with. When people hurt themselves physically, they hurt their arm, they hurt their leg, they have a backache, and now there's physical you know, interference, the ambulance will come, someone will come and assist, are you all right? There's sort of this, they, they, there's this love and attention that's been given. Whereas when you're having an emotional, it's like, how are you? I'm really, I'm, I'm depressed or I'm feeling, you know, frustrated or I'm feeling, it's like, oh, you'll get over it. Here, have a drink. You know, oh, let's distract you. Let's let's go shopping. And it always sort of, you know, aggravated me that, hey, where's the sympathy? Where's the love? Where's the concern? Nobody loves me. And this pain was real. And over and over and over and over again, it was like my past has gripped me and cannot leave me. My, my, my past has defined me. This is who I am. I cannot be any different. My past has defined me. I cannot be any different. My past has defined me. I cannot be any different. And at some point, I'm like, that thought just aggravates the living crap out of me. No, I will not um, let my past. It screwed up my past. I won't let it screw up my future and, and my present moment. And hence, the search began and hearing things like, you know, you are the creator of your reality. And I'm like, what? And then things like, you know, the spiritual path and meditation and yoga. And I just got so and so curious because that was the only sort of escape from the normal conversations I was having with everyone else. And it is true. The moment you are in the present moment and you can see what you are currently believing to be, and you can see that the more you practice that you are the seer of the character you believe to be, it becomes more and more and more evident. It becomes more and more evident. It wasn't just a switch on on the lights. You see, it's becoming more and more evident. And yes, every single day that you feel the resistance against something, I am pushing against something, I'm, in, I'm identifying as one perspective. And then once you find the one side of the coin, the other side is, is, is pretty evident. And so this practice of, I am running out of time, I am wasting time without it. What does that feel like? And you might say, well, Raph, this is really a silly game. But you know what? This tedious, silly Well, guess what? That's all that's required is the noticing when you believe something, when you don't believe something, when you allow yourself not to be engaged with it, not to be identified with it. And that's where the believing mechanism comes in. I've always thought, well, how do, how do I just get myself to believe something? Because that's, that's, that's what the mind does. How do I just get myself to believe something? Well, that's what self-identification is. When you've identified yourself with the one side of the coin, I'm not important enough. The other side of the coin is I am important enough. Right? So you say, I'm not important enough. I want to feel what it feels like to be important. I only believe I'm important. I don't believe I'm the contrary. 
So stay with me. When you believe to be identified, this is who I am. The belief is very, very intense. Because it is self-identification. Hence, the belief is, this is who I am. This is me. Well, describe yourself. Well, I'm this height, I'm this tall, I have a name, and this is what happened to me in the past, and then that happened to me. This is who I am. You've got to respect that. You've got to respect me. I'm defined by everything. So you're speaking with words that are defining what? The only experience you know to be. Of course there's belief. That's who you believe to be. You don't believe in a thought. You don't believe in a belief. You're believing in a character. And hence the, the, the strength and power and energy behind that image, the image that the mind creates, is evident. The feeling of being able to believe in the opposite is when you see that who source really is, is not thinking I'm not important and it's not even thinking I am important. It just knows it is. I am. Nothing comes after that. It just knows it is everything and anything at any point in time. So the belief I'm not important, I don't have enough, can only be believed if you think you are it, when you identify. And this is why meditation, let's, let's clarify meditation. When you practice this allowing yourself to see thoughts, noticing, you're noticing thoughts. So a thought comes up, you're wasting time. I'm wasting time? No. Where can you see wasting time? The mind will define. Look, now you've got to go back there. You were just there. You forgot that you had to get that thing. Now you're back home. Now you've got to go back out. That is wasting time. I know no one really takes the time to really go through all of this in like fine combing every little single experience and slowing the reel down just to look at it, you know, closely. What is it that we do every single day? What assumptions do we just jump to? No one does that. No one has these conversations. But unfortunately, these are the only conversations I'm interested in. Hence, nobody wants to talk to me regarding my friends. So, um, at the uh, every opportunity, I'm always like, you know, the one that puts the finger in there, like, and I ask the question, you know, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And this has become my fascination. It's become my prime enthusiasm is to notice what others are currently unaware of. 
and becoming more and more and more and more and more aware of things that I wasn't aware of. I was not aware that the whole morning I've been running around, that I've been literally chasing and describing this perspective. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. You're wasting time. And at some point, because I was... I wasn't breathing correctly, I could feel it, and I was having this hesitation, and at some point I said, I'm not tolerating this pain anymore, because that's what I feel, I felt pain. The emotion was intolerable. You just like, everyone looks at me and says, come on, Raf, it's just wasting time, no big deal. Well, how much of these emotions are you willing to tolerate? I can't even tolerate the slight sense of anxiety anymore. I can feel it. And after like an hour running around, it took me an hour, but that's the momentum that keeps building. I'm wasting time, I'm wasting time, and I see myself going faster and faster and faster. I just stopped. I took a deep breath. What on earth is pushing me? And I had to sit there a minute and notice. And that's the whole enchilada, people. It's just notice what on earth is pushing you, what on earth is making you do something, and you're just on automatic pilot. And remember, it's always making you do something because the pers- when you hold one perspective and you believe to be one perspective, it's always going to be identified in some form, in some shape of limitation. Hence, there will always be something you're striving for. There's always a sense of I'm incomplete. Of course you're incomplete, darling. There's another side to the perspective that you're completely unaware of. And hence, you're neither this side nor that side. You're the one that sees it. Of course you're going to feel incomplete. Striving to achieve. Because we all believe to be one side of this coin. You're not the one side of the coin. You're not the one perspective. There are infinite perspectives on so many different topics. But as you're becoming aware right now, right now, right now, you look to your past and you're not feeling. You're feeling. You're looking at the past with these eyes now, with this perspective. Now you look towards the future and it's not as gloomy as before. What just changed? Your perspective. You saw through, I'm not good enough. I am good enough. So what happened in the past that used to trigger you of not good enough is not in your awareness anymore. And now you've got utter enthusiasm for the future. Oh, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Oh, I could move there. Oh. You now have access to a completely different vibrational platform. Now you've got different definitions. You're now interacting with definitions and images of a different frequency just by looking at the coins on the both sides and seeing which one reflects who you really are. Because who you really are agrees with I am good enough. And hence you will feel that. When you turn the coin, I'm not good enough, you'll feel. So only you need to be standing at a place where you can see both sides of the coin. 
Hence, we talk about awareness. Hence, we talk about noticing. Who can see both sides of the coin? I don't have enough. I do have enough. Whose source going to agree with? Which one? But you need to be the one that's seeing both and not identified as the one that doesn't have enough or does have enough. Do you see where I'm going with this? Can you feel a difference? Or how do... Oh, was there a second part to that? How do I get myself not to believe something? These beliefs are so locked in. So write down the beliefs and then see that you identify yourself as them. If you just saw them as beliefs, strings of words strung together, look at them. What is the belief? Can you see them as a string of words strung together and noticing that you're just noticing descriptions? You're not noticing yourself. Because if you believe to be these string of words strung together, hence that's why you say, I believe this. I believe this. I'm believing this. This is true for me. And here comes the description. This is true for me. Who? Who's me? This is true for me is also a definition that you can see. It is not me. It is a definition I can see. And that's what confuses a lot of people because in the definition there's that little word I that you're just assuming, oh, that's me. He's talking about me. No, 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 no. It's just one of the words strung together. I'm not important. You're just assuming that that I is talking about you. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. It's just a definition of the mind. The mind is now describing where you currently live on this vibrational platform. This is the experience you're currently having, but this has got nothing to do with you. You see what I mean? How do I get myself not to believe something? Well, that's what I'm trying to do here, to let you see that you're not the one believing you're not that which you believe to be. The image that the mind has made out of you is a self-image, a self-identification. Many call that little I the ego. It is a self-identification that really doesn't exist. You actually go around the world behaving like the self-image in your head. Like if I say to you, listen, tonight, guys, describe yourself. Send me letters. Put a photograph of yourself and describe yourself. Do it for yourself. Describe yourself. And you can use as many words as you want. Describe yourself to such a degree that an image is firmly imprinted in the mind of who you believe to be. And that is what is being played out. And that is what is being believed. You can't change a belief. Because changing a belief would require you to cease to exist as that image. That's death in the mind. That's death for the mind because that's who you believe to be. So 
So the identity of you is connected to the belief. Beliefs are you. You are the beliefs. And when you say, oh, let's just change your belief, you're being very arrogant now because what the mind is saying, oh, we don't like this belief, but you are the belief. You believe to be the belief. And this is why people that are marketing these things change your beliefs in 48 hours and so-and-so. I take a deep breath. And that's why it's difficult. That's why all these, these questions, Laurie, everyone wants to know how to change a belief. But when your self-image, your self-identity depends on that because you're one in the same in your mind, how are you going to change it without ceasing to exist? That means something of you needs to go away. But what I'm wanting to convey here, guys, is that Everything that you're imagining, the images of who you believe to be, are definitions. There's an in mind is creating an imagery, like a hologram sort of thing. And then there's feedback, feedback from source energy, from the source, from the alignment, from the point of reference, telling you only what vibrational platform you're currently standing on and what experience you're having. Source energy is here to experience what itself. The mind is a tool that defines, describes, categorizes, criticizes, pigeonholes. It creates images so you can see you have this image of what it is currently describing. So you can know on what platform you are. You can know what experience you are having right now. Then you're getting feedback on what perspective is being used. But the mind was never designed to be you It is playing out a character temporarily in order for you to have this experience. You don't change beliefs. There is no changing. A belief will appear when an identity appears. A character appears. That's what a belief is there for. It is the embodiment of this character, of this image. That's what a belief is there for. Because if you don't believe then the experience is going to be futile. We're all having experiences that, oh, this is the character that's having this experience, but who you truly are, you can practice the noticing. And then you can look at the character that's just played out the experience and notice the duality, the other side of the coin. What would that feel like? And that's what we're going to be talking about in the last week. So from tomorrow to the 21st, what the point of duality, creating a character, embracing a belief. You don't change beliefs. There's no changing of beliefs. There are beliefs, and the belief is a perspective. And each perspective on each topic has two sides to the coin. And one side is asking you to look at the other side. And now you're now shifting from, by seeing the two sides, you now shift on different vibrational frequencies. And that's what we're going to dedicate the last week of these 21 days is the benefits of beliefs, the benefits of seeing that you are constantly changing character in order to have different experiences. For every single different vibrational platform, 
for every single different perspective, every single different belief, the character must change. So you are constantly changing, constantly. The one that you believe to be the character needs to constantly be changing. There's an animal on this planet that changes color. What's its name? Chameleon or something like that. It just changes its color depending on the environment. Something to that degree. I'm quite sure I could come up with a different metaphor. But we'll work on that. That's from tomorrow. So, I've introduced seven daily practices, darlings. And I will post, I'll post it in the group. Just so you've reminded. So you're going to have three pieces of paper by the end of these 21 days. The first poster were the seven um, misconceptions. When you see those and just notice them. I'd like you to actually you know, place them somewhere. Um, at least for the first 30 days of your practices. So you've constantly reminded. The second one I'm posting today are the seven daily practices. That it, it helps you notice. And then you've got the seven. And the next week is about describing the benefits of how these tools actually work. Because until now, it, it sort of looks like that all of this is just creating disaster. It's not, it, it wasn't, it's, you know, trying to fix something that's broken. No, no, no. It all works perfectly. Everything is working perfectly. But if you don't know really, if you don't become aware of how the mechanisms work, then there's no fun and joy in creating different um, characters. There was nothing wrong about me today experiencing wasting time or lack of time or the anxiety. I didn't do anything wrong. You're never doing anything wrong. The whole point of these 21 days is simply to talk about the obvious that isn't apparently very obvious. What is actually happening but everyone is oblivious about? And it's no big deal. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. Because this is what's left with me now. Being a, becoming aware of what the definitions and imagery and how people behave. I love noticing. So when I go out and I, I go to a store and you see the cashier really in a grumpy mood, you know, you can really see what she believes about herself. That, you know, this is something I have to do. I don't want to be here. I've got, and I've got dreams that are never, ever going to happen. You know, you can really sense it on her. So there's this unconditional love and this compassion and this appreciation that I just walk into the store and this is what you're doing. You're just waiting there for me so I can just check out. You go and put gas in your car. Because this, this, we still have here on the island people that actually do your gas for you. He's just there waiting for me to fill up my gas tank, you know. And then off I go and trottle over here and then there's a person. That's, this is what they, but you can feel what they're thinking about themselves. You can feel that they don't really want to be here, but this is what they believe that they need to be doing in order to survive. So what, what is the most practiced, what is the most experienced, 
experienced feeling I feel on a regular basis, appreciation, gratitude, compassion, understanding, unconditional love. Do I feel the variety of all the others? Absolutely. Why? We're going to discuss that next week, starting from tomorrow. Why? All the flavors of every single emotion, when you can see that you can see them, you can notice that you can notice them, you play with them. It's like all the ingredients in the kitchen. You can play with all of them. Exciting. As the actor, oh, did I miss one? Oh, yes, I see the belief. I'm not going to be rich. There is an identification with I. What? Good, Laurie. And then someone else says, as the actor does not believe the beliefs of the character he is playing. Oh, I've got to read that again. Wait, let me come back to Laurie a second. Um, yes, I see the belief. I am not going to be rich. I am never going to be rich. You're never going to be rich. That I, and that little I, that I, I don't have paper, I, capital, look at it. If I were you, I would print the biggest I ever and just stick it on a wall and just become familiar that it's just a letter. It doesn't represent you. And just see it as labels, labeling describing, descriptive, definitions. The mind is defining, I am never going to be rich. Because you're believing to be the I that's never going to be rich. And now what are you feeling? Lack. So now, the I, take the I away from you. Notice that you're not that little I. You're not that description. Are you the one that's never going to be rich or are you already that? If you just peel it off you, it's the identification, it's the belief, I am this, that creates suffering, guys. Can it be this simple? Can it literally be this simple? Can you see that that is the suffering? I am the one that's never ever going to be successful. I am the one that's never going to achieve that. Oh, look at them. Look at them. They've become, I'm never going to be successful. Are you that label? Just feel the difference when you believe to be this. Descriptions of the mind and the imagery that the mind creates. That's what the mind does, darlings. That's what the mind does, darlings. And next week you'll see how brilliantly this whole mechanism is. The universe has created this enormous... It's, it's amazing. I don't know if they could ever replicate in the machine world. But you define... This definition's coming through through into this and then the imagery that you can create. And this is happening while sleep and we call it dreaming and this is happening in imagination. 
And what is the difference? None. It's this consciousness that just focuses. It's like brings the light here. Yeah, bring the light here so we can look at that better. Bring the light. You are the light. You are the light that brings it here and say, hey, look at this definition. I am never going to be rich. Oh, that's me. No, 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 no. That's the definition. You are the light. You are the noticing. You are the awareness. But you're the light that comes here. I can't read this. What does it say? I'm never going to be rich. Oh, that's me. Never going to be rich. Can you see that? But there's so many other definitions in so many diff- with other different perfumes, meaning at different vibrational frequencies. And there's another one that says, I am always taken care of. I'm going to be very, very rich. <gasps> and things are always going to work out for me. But we're not, the light's not there. The light's over here reading, I am never going to be rich. Because <laughs> you're obsessed that that's the only you that exists. It's not true. 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 And and children know this. They can feel it that it's not true. When you tell a child four years old, there's not enough money. I can't buy you that toy. I can't buy you this. I can't. It just looks at you as if you're being spiteful. What do you mean? (laughs) Because it literally doesn't feel lack. It doesn't know the I yet. Only after the age of 12 do they start identifying themselves with this I because they've been taught. But children underneath the ages of eight, seven or eight, like they're really honestly truth, really, really true, is that, you know, three, four-year-olds, they have no concept of this I. In fact, you'll notice children speak of themselves in the third person. Like if the child's name is Shelly, she'll say, Shelly Shelly wants to eat. Shelly's hungry. You know, it won't say I am hungry because it's just being hearing the word Shelly, come here, you know, and she sort of, oh, it's Shelly, but it doesn't refer to the connection. Have you noticed with children, they always sort of refer to themselves in the third person because there is no identification with it until you teach the child, Shelly is you. He has your first positive note. Now walk around and behave like Shelly. Can you see? Can it be that simple? Oh, darlings, can it be that simple? And the last one, uh, this is perfect metaphor with the light. Thank you. As the actor does not believe the beliefs of the character he is playing. Magna, darling, you're going way, 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 way too complicated about that. There is no actor because now the mind's playing. It really wants to understand. Again, the understanding of the actor, the character, is just going to confuse you, darling. Don't get trapped there. Notice what knows the I, what notices the definitions. Notice what notices the images. Notice the feeling. And when it, the feeling is lack, it's an indication saying to you, well, what's the other side of the coin? Can you see both? It's introducing you to the both sides of the coin instead of being focused on believing one side. It's bringing perspectives. And seeing, I'm never going to be rich. I am already rich. And just see that you have nothing to do with the I. That's why the the seven misconceptions with the seven daily practices, you cannot not see this eventually. 
Magda Darling, don't confuse things, as the actor does not believe. You're currently believing to be the actor, and the belief and the actor go hand in hand. Because you believe to be the actor, you believe to be the character. When you try and change a belief, that means you'd need to be a different character. But you believe to be that character. So the character, I will never be rich, comes with the belief, I will never be rich. So when you want to believe, I am rich, you need to become the character, I am rich, that comes with that belief. It's a one package. The one package, which we're going to discuss next week, comes with the vibrational frequency of I am rich. It comes with a character, I am rich. It behaves differently, it feels differently, it doesn't worry, it describes differently, it has a completely different description, it has access to words and definitions and images that are completely different to the character that comes with the package of the belief, I will never be rich. But we'll get into that next week. But can you sense you are neither one or the other? But you are having the experience, the consciousness light is having the experience of I'm never going to be rich, I am already rich. I'm important, I'm not important. The packages, and this is my metaphor that I will be using often, most probably, unless something else comes up in this week, where you come with a full package of the whole thing. And that's why people that believe in one perspective are feeling and thinking and saying and doing and seeing how they're... And then if someone tries to imitate that, but with a different perspective, you can feel the lie. You can feel the fakeness. And that's what fake and falseness is all about. Is that you can feel the genuinity when you're actually believing in that, I am rich. And when you're trying to behave and have the same things that they have when they're in the flow and with that package, but feeling I'm never going to be rich, but pretend there's that offness. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Darling, I'm going to close it here. So, the last daily practice, notice that when you are noticing your perspectives, go and have a look at now at your memories of the past, of the identity of you, and notice how your past is now feeling differently the moment you change and you see, you notice your perspectives right now. By noticing perspectives now, you now have a completely different past and a completely different future. I will see you tomorrow. We begin the last week. Bye, my darlings. Thank you so much.